Episode of Bobcast with you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Special guest today, uh, return of Christmas past. Uh, the last time he was on the Bobcast was almost uh, five years ago. He was uh, actually four, four and like three fourths. He was episode 13's guest. Uh, he's been somebody that uh, I personally have looked up to. I've always said here on the Bobcast that I'm always a fan of people who don't, you know, they, they don't. They don't do what everybody else does. They're different. They're alternative. They have a different walk of life. They have a different credo, a different motto. And when you're around them, you can pick up that energy. With that being said, welcome back to the Bobcast, Mr. Jeremy Haynes. How you doing, bro? I'm doing well. Bra. Thank, you. Thank you. That was quite the intro. Yeah, uh, I've been thinking about it all morning. Lucky number 13. It's been that long. Yeah. How long, So what's been different since that? Like the last time we spoke, Ooh. you were just back from Thailand, I think, the yeah. first time I went. Uh, I've been back and forth to Southeast Asia a few times since then. For uh, I went back for for Thai boxing again for another month long mm-hmm. trip, and then uh, most recently I was just in Bali for a month with my girlfriend, staying with a buddy of mine, Kobe Aberton, Bra Boys. What's it like in Bali? Uh, Bali is a beautiful, wonderful place. Mm-hmm. It's uh, also known as the Island of the Gods. So Bali is the one place in Indonesia that's not predominantly Muslim. So it's tourist friendly. So you got a lot of things happening in Bali that you wouldn't see happening in the rest of Indonesia per Mm -hmm. se. Um, But it's cool. It's like surfer's paradise, vacations, uh, amazing beaches, good food, good people. We got really lucky. We stayed with a friend of mine who's a professional surfer um, who had an amazing house on the side of a cliff. Mm -hmm. It was epic. It was crazy. It was uh, one of the best trips I've ever taken in my life. So, like, let me ask you a question. Then. So, like, when you go on a trip like this, and then you have to come back here to Plymouth Meeting slash Conshohocken, and the United States of America. Let's go back to life. But, like, why does it have to be that way? Is it just because of, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it does. Let's bring up right away DiCaprio, The Beach. You know what I mean? Like, that movie still, like, what is it, 17 years later, that movie still resonates today with me of being off the grid. Yeah. And when you're off the grid, like, do you think, like, first off, everybody should try to get off the grid at least once. And I know it's hard if you got kids. If you don't have kids, you really should just separate yourself from everything you've learned here in America and go somewhere like that, you know? So, like... Or wherever you're from, yeah, I think it's well, Yeah, I mean, I the people in Europe, they, they tend to understand this. I think Americans right. don't get this type of... Yeah, you know? we, we have a tendency not to think outside of our immediate situation. So whether you're living in the town that we grew up in, Conshohocken, or whether you're living in a small town in Arkansas or even California for that matter, mm-hmm. it's hard to see beyond that for a lot of people. So luckily, growing up, my parents, you know, my brother and I were born in Europe, so we had that going for us. We traveled a lot when we were young. And then when we moved to the States, we spent a lot of time going back and forth. So the idea was never... You know, anything other than, yeah, go travel, see as much as you possibly can. So as an adult, I made a conscious decision to continue that um, throughout my life. And yeah, Bali was hard to come back from. But, you know, since I've been back from Bali, a lot of things have changed uh, personally and professionally in terms of like the plans that were made when we were in Bali and kind of the things that we talked about. I'm now seeing 
um, come to fruition through, you know, hard work and a lot of positive energy and manifestation. And uh, I think you just try to not dwell on the fact that, you know, it's like not when am I going to be able to do that again, mm-hmm. just more so like when am I doing that again? Like planning mm-hmm. for it, not hoping Making for it. Happen, it. Yeah. yeah, because we can, and you, you know, said that when you came back yeah. on episode 13, you're like, I'm going to go back. Yeah, know? and I did. And I went back a couple times and, you know, I just turned 40 like a month ago, almost three weeks you ago. You turned 40 there, right? I turned 40 in New Orleans uh, oh, okay. like three weeks ago. But turning 40 and, you know, just getting older, I realized that my body doesn't react quite the way it used to. And Muay Thai is a really physical, hardcore sport. Yeah. And, uh, I still love it, and I'm still super passionate about it. I just don't have the energy for it as much as I used to. So I've I've just transitioned that into trying to open up my own business and you know learn new things. Um, I've been drawing a lot and trying to tap into the more creative side. Not that martial arts isn't creative. Obviously, it's a it's a it's an art form, but um, you creative know, I, arts as far as drawing goes, there, yeah. there, you know it, there is something really special with it. Yeah. I get a chance to actually draw every day. Yeah. And God, doesn't it just like it's put fun. you at ease? Yeah, you know? it's fun. Like, it's, you can just kind of get lost in it. My uh, my girlfriend's currently painting a portrait mm-hmm. of me and watching that. Come What's up together? with all these girls painting? I remember quite a bit of portraits. Even in high school, I remember a portrait of you with the curly locks. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know. She uh, She's an amazing portrait artist. She mm-hmm. went to school for it. She's super talented. And uh, she offered for my birthday. Um if I wanted to get my portrait painted mm-hmm. and you know, I'm vain enough that I said yes. And like, mm-hmm. who doesn't want a portrait? Of yeah, who does? yeah, of course <laughs> like, there's a few things in life <laughs> that like, if you're lucky enough to get a portrait painted of yourself, then I think you should go ahead and do it. And yeah, just watching her, yeah. watching her come to, you know, make this happen and have it come together has been a pretty amazing thing. It's surreal to walk into the, you know, her workspace and look at this life size, almost like photo image. Oh, I gotta see it. It's wild. I'll show it to you. Yeah. Wait, is it done? No, she's in the, she's still got, a, I mean, she's trying to get it done for Christmas. Oh, but, well, uh, no spoilers. I like to see when it's finished. Does it look like a, I'm wearing uh, my big hat. I got my okay, mustache cool. and I'm wearing like a, yeah. it looks like a, like a cowboy thing. You know, That's I, cool. I look like one of the characters I, I, I wish I was sometimes, but uh, yeah, it's uh, traveling's still super important. We were mm-hmm. just talking the other day about where we're going to go next. And uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that in terms of, what vacation are we taking next? I know that I have some, you know, travel to do for work, but uh, yeah, you just gotta plan for it and make it happen. You know, like you said, it's harder when you have kids and a family and like jobs. Even, even I, that though, I mean, you you still can go do something that's yeah. against the grain and not like the truth. Like you know, if you have kids and stuff like that, lots of parents like tend to think that they can't do stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? Like we well, just lots took- of those. I think. I think. You know, a lot of the people that we grew up with and just people in general get caught up in what they think they're supposed to do. So, I know why. You know, that's why you see a lot of the people we know that are getting divorced and, you know, are having these weird crises in their life where they haven't lived. And now all of a sudden they feel like they need to. And you see them at the bar blacked out drunk and they're 40 years old. And you're yeah. like, bro, you should have done this when you were 22. But you yeah. got married. You, you got, got married, kids. Yeah. And you thought that was the route. And now maybe mm-hmm. i mean who knows what the there's no there's no right or wrong it's just like like you were saying earlier previously no to us getting on like if you don't live and then all of a sudden you feel like you got to get it all in you, it, that's probably not the right way to go about no. it so and unfortunately that happens quite a bit because people feel as if they have to do what they're told they have to follow society standards right and that comes to that comes down to like everything from the way you dress to the to the to, yeah. to your career your chosen career path like you know i've i've had this weird 
career path trajectory the thing. The weird career, by the way, before you get into this, really just bothers the well, shit. Well, right. So the trajectory, oh. my trajectory in life has got... Has, yeah, the trajectory, found, that sounds cool. I found yeah. myself in these strange professional circumstances where I didn't necessarily get there because I deserved to be there or because I earned it, but You're through really social cool. engineering, I found myself in a situation <laughs> where it was like, hey... I can go live in Sweden for two years or, mm-hmm. hey, I can go work for this consulting company or, hey, I'm going to go work for this tattoo magazine. I don't think I was ever really passionate about anything that was connected to the job or the career. I was more passionate about, like, the experience. Experience. I'm all about so, that. I've had 33 jobs counting, standing. I mean, yeah, teacher was probably the longest. And I've probably – and if I go back into my Rolodex of jobs, yeah. I've probably had a million of them too. But, you know, I think that what the most freeing thing I've ever done was to stop playing the game yeah. and just realize mm-hmm. that like you know people used to say that to me in my professional situation mm-hmm. um was like if you only played the game a little bit more you'd get further ahead in life and like yeah what? i just never wanted to play that social game where like kissing the right ass gets you in the right place but you know i i did do it and i got caught up in it for a while but now being free of that and kind of you know doing my own thing starting my own business um, I have a business partner. We're, we're opening a gym in, in Philadelphia. Um, it's got a cool name to it too, right? Yeah, it's a franchise out of Australia called F45. We're not, you know, reinventing fitness. We're just delivering it in a more uh, approachable package, and uh, we're super excited. And that's kind of taken all my focus. You know, I got my dog. I got a girlfriend, and that takes up a lot of time. And, uh, yeah, I mean – like I said, I just turned 40, and I'm mm-hmm. excited about what my 40s are going to bring. I know. You know, that's, I mean, I'm 38. I'm, well, I don't know. I'm going to be 38 in, like, a couple of weeks. And, you know, like, I remember, like, being 28 and feeling like, shit, man, 30s coming up soon. I got to get this together. But do you ever really have it together? Or is, like, your age? Like, I still listen to Biggie. You know, I wear, see, like, flap rim hats. And, yeah. like, I'm, I'm covered in tattoos. And, like, yeah. last year at this time I had purple hair and, like, not yeah, that that not yeah. that that might be screaming to like holding on to my youth, but I, I don't I don't think so. I just think that every generation has you know trouble growing up. Like mm-hmm. we're seeing it now, in, in 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 what's happening with you know all the sexual harassment stuff is like the previous generations got away with a lot of shit that like mm-hmm. nowadays you just can't do that anymore. No, it's just not acceptable. Then and. and was it acceptable before? Probably not, but people got away with it because of they got the, away with it. the social construct mm-hmm. of what was happening. So Yeah, Weinstein, man, he opened Pandora's box. I mean, like, look, this has been going on forever. And, you know, the strange, the strange thing, though, is, like, okay, Harvey gets caught. Uh, the dude, Matherson, we talked about in the previous podcast, he got caught. He Who's got that? Fired. Danny Matherson? Danny Matherson, yeah, well, lived so on the, Argyle Street that's out there. The whole, that's the whole Scientology thing, too, which is a exactly. trick. Because they were, they were all, yeah. well, so were all the women. So mm-hmm. the women were Scientologists. He's a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. You got to keep that in house. You can't go blabbing to you know the fact that it's even out in the press now means that somebody broke somebody broke, broke with the, the yeah. church or like there's all kinds of, yeah but the but Harvey Weinstein, what I'm to Kevin to Spacey, like, all these guys get fired right before what a couple of weeks before the election Donald Trump comes out he's on the bus with uh, tired. Bush yeah, tired. grab yeah. him by the pussy he says he wins the the fucking election like so like I think like, you last need night, to separate, lost. I think you need to separate with all people. With all people, all walks of life, whether it's the president of the United States or your trash guy, you mm-hmm. got to separate like the person from what they do, and especially with like artists, I think that you know musicians, painters, movie stars, actors, 
whatever it is, like at some point you need to separate the person from the artist because you can be a fan of their art and they can still be awful, shitty people. Harvey Weinstein is like a fat troll of a man that had a lot of power and could make and break your career in a place where like insecurities get preyed on and like it mm. like he was just the worst of the fucking worst. Kevin Spacey. I the didn't worst. see that coming. Oh man, I, dude, as soon as they said it, I'm like, you know yeah, what? He's he a fucking creep. Yeah. You know, like, like you can't be. I and and you know, I worry sometimes. Some of my favorite actors, I'm like, yeah, is something they, gonna no. come out that like DiCaprio? No, I don't want to hear. It. Like that <laughs> would that would break my heart. It would you know break I mean? my heart, man. But like, if somebody came out that said like Jonah Hill was a scumbag, I'd be like, you know what? That makes sense. You know? Did you he, see Jonah Hill on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, he looks weird. Dude, he looks like he lost, like, what, 180 pounds? And he looks like one of those people that's, like, come, like sucking himself in from the inside. Where yeah. it's like His joke didn't really work, though. Yeah, he's, uh... Did I, you see I, The Disaster Artist? I haven't. You would love it. With the original? I've seen, bo- seen both. I've seen both, Tommy. Like, the room... <laughs> oh, the voice. Uh, the room out there is, like, if you get a chance to ridiculous. see it... It's ridiculous. You don't even know. Retail. Everybody have a good time, Everybody okay? Everybody have a good time. Retail. But, like, he, um... <laughs> Tommy's movie, The Room. If you get a chance to see it cinematically in a theater with an audience, it is literally well, it's one of the it's best like things. It's like a cult thing now to be able to do that because they mm-hmm. like there's like people that like talk you through certain parts and like. Tell well, you we what went happening. to the Ritz East a few weeks ago to oh, see it, what and uh, I, I, was, I had seen it when I lived in LA. I had seen the billboards. I lived yeah. there in 2003, and like I knew about it, but I didn't. Never saw it with an audience, and like when you see with an audience, it is just literally one of the best times ever. There's a guy, there's a guy, right? He just mm-hmm. said he said I'm going to be in a movie, exactly. And he put up his own money to do it, and it was crazy That's enough. A great idea. Yeah, it was a crazy enough to be yeah. able to do it, and, I, and you know I applaud people like that. I applaud people like James Franco that make Seriously. movies that like on paper mm-hmm. nobody would be nobody would want to go see that movie, but he made, it, he made a, mo- a movie called God of War. Or, um, it's a Cormac McCarthy book. It's about a pedophile who goes around, or excuse me, a, he's a not a pedophile. He takes chances though, like that, that, that. What's it called when you sleep with a corpse? Oh, necrophilia. He made a movie about that, and he called Cormac McCarthy up and was like, "Hey, everyone's gonna be asking me, like, why did I make this movie? So I gotta ask you, why'd you make this movie?" And like Cormac was like, "Because nobody would, like, you know, like there's no like." And like we were just saying a moment ago about art and like you can't like put you can't judge an artist by their actions. Yeah, just because like, you're a good actor doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. a good human being. Exactly. It, it, it almost you, probably you, goes you, against the the idea of being like a, a good actor. Like I, I read a good William Defoe quote, recent quote, because he's getting a, a bunch of uh, accolades for his newest movie. But he said something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, I want to see that the Florida one." Yeah, he said mm. something along the lines of like. You know, people people always tell me about my performances and like mm-hmm. it, a good William Defoe performance. And I'm I'm fucking this up, but it, essentially what he said was, I like I want to if if I am judging myself, the best performance I can give is disappearing. You don't see William don't Defoe see giving a performance. Mm-hmm. I become this person that I have been cast to be. That's always my favorite role is when well, they submerged. Well, right, like like Leo and in, in Django, like Gary like that oh, dude, the new one. I, I gotta say it. Have you seen the, the previews? I saw the previews. He, he doesn't. doesn't there's look, no Gary. There's there. no Gary. But I mean, there. prosthetics. James Franco also uses prosthetics in the Disaster Artist. Django Unchained, Leonardo DiCaprio. Django yeah. is one of the gnarliest, heaviest, Gnarly. headiest roles Gnarly, I've ever dude. seen. It's Gnarly. Crazy. And, and like very brave for him to take on that role at that point in his career. Also, too, one of the best performances ever, where he, you know, he's delivering that long monologue. Put your hands on the table and like he smashes his his hand. It keeps going. Whips out the. And when you watch it, uh, podcast listeners out there, you can go on YouTube and just Google uh, DiCaprio Django accident. 
he basically cuts his 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 hand open on a glass ashtray and just bleeds out. And he looks at it at one point during the take. And he's like, and yeah, yeah, shakes it out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like shakes it out. And like you could see like Christopher Waltz sitting at the table, yeah, and, yeah, and like they're, they're they're reacting to the blood right. and being like. Right. Should like I, there's this one part where you see Christopher's like head turn like should we cut and right. like you know like they're like no 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 but like and you hope you yeah. hope you hope that like a guy like him that we you know, love and respect for the work that he's done you know he keeps his life super private apart from dating every supermodel that's ever ever lived and like having the list like a, is twenty plus having a twelve point. year age difference since the time he was like whatever thirty they've been like nineteen whatever mm-hmm. apart from that he keeps it pretty private so like. You know, maybe he goes like the Nicholson route, which I'm sure he wants to. You know, that's his boy. He mm-hmm. loves Nicholson. You could see him kind of aging into that type of movie star where he's just always like super cool and always dating hot younger girls. Yeah. But please don't come out with some bullshit that like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like him, Brad Pitt, like I, the people that like I like Legends of the Fall is still one of my favorite movies. And like that's like the saddest movie ever made yeah. in the universe. But, so like, like what? Brad got drunk on this plane and then like beat up his kid. Brad like, was Brad was married to Angelina Jolie. I'd probably be getting drunk on a plane too. She seems like she is a uh, lot to handle. She's only 42. And like what's he like? 50, there's a 10 year difference, right? But like I feel like she's got the soul of like she, an 87 year old witch. Yeah. <laughs> But but I felt bad for Brad, and then like Brad came out like a like a month or two ago. He looked like he lost at least maybe like twenty pounds of just like, sick weight. Yeah, you know? and like he, he just looked he didn't look like himself. You know, talking about that GQ, the GQ yeah, magazine. I read it and it was like I'm not drinking no more. He's making art. There hasn't been a day where I haven't been sober. I'm sober now, and it's just like okay, like I get it. Apparently, he had a he had like a uh, not a Winnebago, but a mm. what are those? Uh, yeah, yeah, like a outside. <laughs> it was just where you go where get he, smoked up. Yeah, yeah, where you go get smoked up. <laughs> drink beers yeah. apparently he drank like a six pe- six pack of like beer every day and got stoned like every day but yeah. what, what do you do when you're Brad Pitt that's just part of like the thing you like, can't go nowhere you've built this life for yourself mm-hmm. where your wife just keeps adopting kids from different places and like you keep doing I remember long ago him like talking about like him wanting to have kids and stuff like that but like I guess he, he, he found Angelina and then like they just had all these kids but like it's just, I, yeah, I, I didn't like hearing that stuff about Brad. I mean, you know, and it's weird. But, but it's, it humanizes him, too, at the same time, because you're just like, he's just, a, he, it's just like a the rich, Jim Carrey. Yeah. You see the Jim Carrey? I loved it. I loved it. It I, resonated with me so much where, like, he when he when Jim says, and he looks into the camera, and, you know, Jim Carrey, highly recommend spoilers if you haven't listened to or watched Jim and Andy. Uh, it's, Jim and Andy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a story of how Jim Carrey portrays Andy Kaufman. And when he was filming this movie, he stayed in character as Andy Kaufman, had this documentary film crew role, and he just films the whole time. But it's like a documentary on him playing Andy, and it's also a little bit about Jim. And Jim says this part where he's just like, you know, I have nothing to look forward to. I have done it all. And when he's telling it to you, like you look it in his eyes. Believe it. You believe it. And like he's also somebody who recently has been accused of yeah, giving yeah. people sexual uh, diseases, yeah. uh, pills, like uh, the girl committed suicide. What was his one quote? I think it was like, I hope everyone gets the chance to get everything they ever wanted in life to yeah. realize that it's not enough. It's not enough. Which yeah. is like wild because he was successful beyond his wildest dreams. But that's another guy, to bring it back to like the positive and like manifestation and like what I've been doing in my life is like, he wrote, that guy wrote himself a $5 million check yeah. and, or $10 million check and gave himself five years to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the eve of the tenth or the whatever year, 
he got he got like the mask and got a ten million dollar check. Yeah, three. Remember, he went to the tarot card reader or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. gonna have three movies that'll change your life. Oh right, right, Ace, right. The mask and Dumb and right, Dumber. Right, right. And I'm gonna say a classic. Ironically enough, on my fortieth birthday, I got my tarot cards read for the first time in New Orleans. I think I read that on Instagram. Yeah. And you know, I don't know anything about getting my tarot cards read, but I, from what I can from what I can gather. I had a really good reading. Mm-hmm. It felt good. She kind of hit on all kinds of good stuff. And uh, I've been manifesting for this entire last six months trying to get this business together. And things have just been falling into place. And uh, it's a crazy feeling because, you know, mm-hmm. you just keep vision. You know, you keep the vision like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure at some point, you, you know, you did it with Downtown Harvest, your band. You, you, know, you saw yourself with the record deal and you saw yourself on stage and you saw yourself doing this. But that was a collective of like a bunch of people. Like hard, I see yeah. myself. Collaborative stuff is hard. Yeah. And I have a business partner, but like I'm the one that's going to be putting in the sweat. I'm the one that's going to yeah. be putting in the work and like. I hope when I get there, I don't have that Jim Carrey moment where I'm like, all right, I got everything yeah. I wanted. And I, think, like, I think it ah. is true. I think it's for, I mean. Because then you open up a second gym, right? And then once you have two, you're like, oh, well, now I, I got to do three, three. And then five. Yeah. And then at what point is it enough? Right? I don't, that's just the thing, though, is like success is what we measure like our lives by. Right. Like I haven't made it yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like I remember like after post-downtown yeah. harvest years when yeah. uh, I started entering my early 30s, being extremely depressed about the fact that we didn't make it. We right. got literally to the, like, you know, we had a, a meeting with Atlantic Records. We had all this shit, you know what I mean? And, like, it didn't work. But we it wasn't the front porch. We got to the front porch. But it wasn't until much later in life that I started realizing that as much as I started pl- passing the blame on this person, that person, this person, that, whatever, it really all comes down to it's just the – you you have to believe in yourself no matter what. You know what I mean? You have to be the one who says to yourself like Jim did – I'm going to write this check. I know I can do it. And the other thing that I didn't know then at the end of my 20s that I do know now is that you have to be willing to let all guards down. And you have to be willing to be completely free. Like Jim says, like, I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to do whatever I want. And he goes out there and says, well, all righty then. And everyone is just like, wow. okay, everything's going to be cool. <laughs> so I start thinking to myself, like, I need to start doing that. I need to start being already then yeah. and then but the you people... are though I mean with your kid and the things that you do and like the things that you share I think that you give off not I mean the alrighty then vibe is, is probably a little cornier but like that authentic voice to what you're doing rather mm-hmm. than like you know what we were talking about earlier some people just status updates of status updates and whatever like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else I probably look at my phone way too much I know it bothers you know some people that it bothers my wife and she's like you know but you know yeah. not to stop your thought there but i was reading about this we're both artists right we both like being creative when we check our phones it's not because we're checking our phones to check our phones it, it, we have we feel the need to connect yeah. not just like like think about like before the cell phones yeah in high well, school, like you know what i mean like you want to connect think, with people you I want to share ideas i think that you just hit the nail on the head i think that we're the you know the last generation of kids that went through high school without technology. Now, so the advent of technology for us, especially male brains that were brought up in that era where we didn't have it, we're almost worse than the millennials or the young kids that grow up with it because they don't know anything different. We can look back and be like, I remember when we didn't have shit, like pay phones, and mm-hmm. I had to knock on motherfuckers' doors. <laughs> and like, you know, you had to pick up the phone. Call collect. Call collect. You know, star six nine, all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But... You know, 
I'm the first motherfucker in line for a new iPhone every fucking time. Really? You got the new one? Yeah, I got that. that Do you got that, John? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. You know how long that lasted? As long as, like, a new pair of sneakers, the feeling of as long as anything you buy new, except yeah. for maybe a musical instrument, you know, they, mm. they, that probably feels good for a long time. But, like... I don't know. I've had the same face since 2000. Yeah, with technology, <laughs> though, like, you uh, know, it's like a new computer. Like, mm-hmm. how long does that last before you're just like, oh, new piece of technology. Yeah, and, and on to the, next, to the next, one. next one. I bought it, a new TV the other day. It's, like, already, it's just, like, dusty. It's in... in the, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? It's just... It just, it's just part of what you do you know and, and, and over the course of all these episodes in the podcast i always do talk about what it was like to grow up without technology and also realizing that we're both cursed and blessed at the same time because it's like we had a chance to experience things in the most natural way and you know like the 90s man i always thought to myself man the 60s man the doors the beatles like all this great shit and like i just wish that somebody would have came pushed me on the shoulder and said dude wake up you're living it again now well, nirvana project I, like you I know i think like, that everybody i mean you know some some decades probably not as much as others but i think that like you you i had not had this conversation with my buddy kobe in, in australia with our girlfriends mm-hmm. and uh talking about like what it's like to grow up as a as a as a boy now yeah right and how hard it is for them not to be soft and like mm-hmm. from music to like being social, not social, like it's a lot easier for a kid to dive into his phone or technology or coding yeah. or ADD drugs or like whatever it is. When we were young, it wasn't really like that. You had to kind of like go out and figure the fuck out. And, you know, some, I know. Some there was did. no ADD drugs then. I, I mean, I had ADD. Maybe there was. I, f- I- yeah, there's Riddler and stuff, but it wasn't like nobody knew. Like you know, if like you went back into 1989 and said, "Hey, that kid's got ADD. Like what? He's got candy. Like ADD. What? You know? Like I'm not gonna sit here and say I've never tried. You know, the 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 science that's out there mm-hmm. for for mm-hmm. people that have dealt with that. And I do feel like it's like a super fucking drug. And oh, it's you, a super you know, stimulant. You, well, it's a super stimulant, but you feel like you can literally do anything Anything. ever planned in your life all in that day. Yeah, before the sun. But goes it's down. also made from a man. You know, like it's made from, you know, but at the same time, I mean, we could, the other thing too is like, do you remember at all, like growing up with kids that had the uh, food allergies that they do today? Like what happened? They went to the doctor and they had some type of reaction and went to the doctor. Like it wasn't all, it wasn't so much pre, it was post. So it was like, it was like crisis management, mm-hmm. but not like crisis prevention. So it was like, you didn't know you had a fucking peanut allergy. Yeah. You had an allergic reaction. Well, motherfucker, you learned. Yeah. Whereas like now it's like, well, he has a peanut allergy and he's allergic to yeah. this and he's got to get that and mm-hmm. he's got to do this and we got to make sure that he doesn't even walk into the fucking building. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, he can't go out. Building, a, building, a, building yeah, like a bubble. generation of, 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 of humans that are like scared. Not even scared, but like if you spend all your time in a weird little bubble and then you come out of that bubble, yeah, you're going to get sick. You haven't been exposed to anything. You haven't been exposed, yeah. That's what like, you know, Hence, when I work in education, I let the kids sneeze all over me. I used to bug out and like get hand sanitizer and like, no more. Circle it all back to what we've like started on is the idea of like the preconceived notions of what you think you're supposed to do. That is a bubble. Mm-hmm. And it if you stay in that bubble the yeah. whole time and somebody pops it or you pop it yourself saying, I've had enough of this. If it's too late, mm-hmm. I mean, it's never too late, but, like, if you spend enough time in that bubble and, and it's not there anymore, yeah. you're going to wish it was, and you might go back and let me hop back in that bubble, and mm-hmm. then you realize once you're back in there, like, oh, wait, I didn't really like this. That's why I broke. Yeah, and, then why you, I, yeah. and then you start, that's when I feel like things start to change for people. I guess with you and, and me and some of the people that we know, lucky yeah. enough that that, bu- that bubble either got burst for us or we burst it or... Or know. we just made our own bubbles along the way inside of that bubble, you know? Like, I, I do feel I do feel as if, like, um, 
people they they put such like you know and I was guilty of it. I remember being like, I want to be 33 when I become a dad. 33 was the age that Jesus got crucified. That seems cool to me. It's the last number on the roulette table. Like all these like numerical things. And yeah, like then what? Like, then what happens when you're 34? You kind of like live your life that way, where it's like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't like, a father until I was 36. So I was right, like, right. whoever it is was like, well, right, you didn't get it that way. You know, right. I, wait, no, 36 is the last. I forget what the last number of the roulette table is. Well, Regardless. What I was trying to say is like, you know, like you're 16 when you can drive, you're 21 when you can drink. And then after 21, it's like what, 25, 30, 35, but, but you know 40, what I'm saying? Like after you're 20, like that's the last part where like 21's like, you know, like, okay, society deems you now you're allowed to drink. You can go do this. You can go to and fro. But then after that, like your mind starts to produce these things like, well, I'm going to be 30. Right. I better start behaving. Dude, like so when, you're, when you're 30 I've, years old, you were a kid still, man. I've like, had, to, I'm, well, come on, man. I'm 40. I know. I can't escape drawing on myself. I just draw on myself with permanent ink. You know what I mean? It, it, like, I I'm, love your tattoos, by the way. This one right here on the, the hand, the, the eye. Oh, yeah, the crab. But crab. Uh, that whole idea is like central to, to my experience. You know what I mean? Like, I just wish that people were able to live more freely so that way they'd be able to experience more and also be able to experience more not just by taking vacations but spiritually too well, as well. It's because scary. It's, like, it's, it's scary. scary. And it's then, scary and for people to think that there's another option. And you're, you know, you're a product of your environment and you're mm-hmm. a product of the people you hang out with and you're a product of like your parents and the way they brought you up and think... We're basically neurological blueprints for what our parents instilled in us and the generations before that. Which is which is the scary thing about, you know, reproducing because you will inherently do that yeah, to your children. Well, yeah, you have to he's already doing really, stuff that right. like I'm like, oh my because god. You're like, you're gonna be a drummer. Either. You're gonna be a drummer. He's like, well no, I mean I wasn't a drummer, I was a bass player, but he picked up the drums because I I started playing drums right. two years ago. Right. But he's now also But what I'm saying it's difficult for, for, it's difficult, for it not yeah. to happen. It's the most natural thing. DNA. Except yeah. for the fact that in like the, the the wild kingdom of nature, at some point the father chases the son away and yeah. says, Go fuck off and live your yeah, own life. Yeah. This is my pack. Yeah. We're humans. We don't do that. Stay with stay with Papa stay until with Dad. until you're ready to go do your own thing. Yeah. But you have a really good vibe with your kids, so I feel like you know it'll be like a, a friendship. Not everybody is lucky to it's have hard. that. It's hard to have that, and it's also it's hard to have like I, I I've been around parents who are not not really too sure how to parent because they're they they want to give their kids choices and like right. look, choices are great, but guidance is more important and that's the way i'm mean, look you you can i certainly didn't get a lot of guidance in my life i think having artistic parents and having you know a, a old school european mother that was yeah. also dealing with transitioning to america at a time where we were also like new to america and mm-hmm. having my father who's an artist but was really trying to make it you know make a living it's uh does your dad still produce like he still does stuff i mean i remember like it so like um when i first met jeremy it was through his brother alyosha um maybe around 1996 or so my first impression of al was he had this badass ford car and he had a bunch of bob marley tapes in pristine condition that we would listen to going no more than 15 miles per hour in the vehicle and then he's like, hey, Bob, you want to come up and check out my house? And I'm like, dude, let's, let's check out this house. And I think that was the involved? first – there was a little little bit of that, I, I believe. <laughs> I'm not really too sure. You'll have to check the fact book. Yeah. But I remember coming into the house, and the first thing I thought to myself was, holy shit, this place is a living, breathing work of art. The <laughs> oh, carpets, yeah, like yeah, your, yeah. your father's yeah. art, like you know what I mean? Like the upholstery and yeah, like yeah. – and then you had like it's all these multiple like floors, and I'm just like, wow. Like, and then like I remember you being like, oh, this is my dad's like 
this is my dad's studio off that yeah. with the shoot. And I was just like, yeah. wow, it's cool, you know? Like, they're still, doing their, they're still doing their thing. But at the same time, you know, the, the decisions you make to live an alternative lifestyle, well, alternative to what, you know, everybody else thinks. Yeah, the bubble. Or else, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be careful what you wish for a lot of times. It's not, you know, there's no 401k. There's no retirement mm-hmm. fund. You know, my dad's 70 years old. He still works, you yeah. know. Partly because he loves it, but also, you know, probably more importantly because he has to. He has to, yeah. Well, also, too, is like, I think if you break repetition, if you break routine, then you start to die. Well, right. right. So, right. If you stop, you know, I, I always say to him, you know, I, well, I don't always say to him, but, you know, my dad likes to do a lot of yard work. You mm-hmm. know, the day he stops doing yard work, you know, yeah. like you said, that's that's when you you have time to start thinking about things a little yeah. more than you used to. I, I, my dad has definitely passed that on to me. As a, as, a, as a man, I find myself waking up as early as I can to get as much done, you know, mm-hmm. in a day I'm all about waking up early. What time yeah, do you I, wake up? Uh, I'm like, today was 4.30. Yeah. But generally, it's You like work out, six. like, right away in the morning? No, I, I do my thing. I live in the city, and we come mm-hmm. out to Conshohocken, and things are going to change with the gym, you know, opening the gym closer to where I live now. But, yeah, I've had the same routine for, for, for as long as I've had my dog, but... uh yeah, I'd rather wake up early and go to sleep early than like wake up late. I know. I used late. to be on that. I used to be on the nocturnal thing, but once I had the yeah. kid, I'd start getting up real early. Yeah. And then you know, I start going to bed around like eight thirty nine, and like, dude, you're so rested. You know what I mean? Like, I, I find that like, and also like, I like being up early in the morning before the sun comes up for some reason. Yeah, it's good. I don't know what it is. It's I, was, like this, I did like, it today. And like when the, the sun starts to come up, like you come up with it. I woke up this, this morning, morning to watch the news. Crazy. I woke up this morning to see if. Alabama had done the right thing. Did you see he rode in on a horse? I did. Dude, like, what? You know that saying, uh, fuck you and the, and the, the horse? horse you rode in yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Is that where it came from? I mean... It's uh, exhausting, by the way, watching the news and, like, dealing with uh, natural catastrophe, like the fires in California, the I government. just find it, again, with the technology shit that we were talking about and yeah. how, like, access to information, like, when we were in high school and things happened on the... On the, on the political spectrum or global spectrum mm-hmm. it took us at least a day to find out like mm-hmm. maybe we'd find out that night or like the next morning yeah. but la- now it's instant something happens in ramada or egypt or, or bangkok we find out two seconds later because of twitter and that's great because access to information is awesome but City, it's also bombing yeah. it also and my my buddy tommy and i were talking about this like the weird paradigm shift between what we grew up with and what's hap- what's what's the reality now is that like we're dealing with Trump sexual accusations again, but the first time they came out, we kind of like things happened. He got elected, people forgot about it. Harvey yeah. got busted. Now we're talking about it again. But like, what about the Vegas shooting that happened like a month ago? The worst nobody shoot. Talks nobody about. talks about nobody it because so much happening, and we have access to so much mm-hmm. stuff. Like. I'm super guilty of it. I listen to the, to, you know, I flip flop between news networks to, to, to keep my, my finger on the pulse of what, I, I don't even know why. It's like a soap opera. Yeah, I, I listen to NPR. I mean, I, I try to get my news in the most organic way, but I feel as if what we are Twitter is more more like, I kind of went crazy. Like, I haven't, I don't think I ever really brought up the Vegas shootings on the, on the Bobcast, but after um, that happened, I... I went on like a binge on YouTube, like trying to find all these different angles and like trying to figure out what's going on. There's so much information out there, like people claiming that this guy was a complete patsy. There's people in the room. It is the probably the best time of in the history of 
humankind to be a like a conspiracy. conspiracy theorist because you just have access to so you so could much, go yeah. down a wormhole mm-hmm. and nobody could see you again for 15 years and you come out with long fingernails and long hair and be like oh my god I just inhaled a chemtrail I can't I figured out the Vegas shooting and people are like the what I know I you know. know what I mean like, but I mean and that's the, that's the crazy thing even and, when and, the JFK thing came out I was super I, I mean for me I was fascinated as a kid by the JFK assassination oh, dude, that was my favorite movie the Costco yeah. one I love god, that movie. I, my, my dad taught me about JFK assassination when I was like maybe six or seven I think I watched a Spruder film when I was like maybe eight but like when the information came out it came out in such a it didn't come out like right away and then it did come out it came and then out the, 30 years and late. I can't I didn't understand how the facts weren't like headlines right. you know like Castro being like they went to kill him with an explodable seashell that he would walk by and like I had to dig for that but like you know what I'm saying like I was at Dal- I was at Daily Plaza uh, I, with Al actually I was with your brother oh, at, yeah. at, at Daily Plaza but like all that stuff, like you know, like when you when you experience the news now, you're experiencing it through the people who are telling it to you. And it's funny that you bring up like what it was like in the '90s when, like, you know, you found out something maybe 72 hours later, and you're like, "Holy shit!" You know, Man, you know who one of my main sources of news was mm-hmm. when I was like when we were young, Kurt fucking Loader. Yeah, man. On MTV, he'd get up there and be like, "I'm Kurt Loader with a special report from mm-hmm. MTV." Bono or like Madonna yeah, or good too. or Kurt Cobain, like he was I, good, I but like being glued to the television. But just a mat like Kurt fucking Loader. Yeah, like come on. He's now, I believe, in his late 70s. I Probably. follow him on Twitter. He has an active like uh, uh, account there, but like he was great, and he like you know it was so weird too because it was on MTV, but he delivered the news in such a. Um, it was that I could I could see it now. It was know? that whole lead up to him like he would just pop up on screen mm-hmm. and it'd be like weird sound. Yeah, with a special report. I, I Kurt Cobain was found dead, and yeah. you know what I mean, all yeah. that stuff. Even but, like, even with the Kurt thing too, like you know like. I kind of, I don't know what it is. I I wouldn't say I'm a conspiracy theory person, but I'm the type of person who likes to investigate. You know what uh, I mean? Like I, I'm a detective. Wildly at, unhappy with his life. Wildly with, unhappy. With but, but Courtney. But at the same time, like you can't like in police procedure procedures, you don't claim you you don't just say it's a suicide without proper investigation. I you just know what I mean? listen. You, let's 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 look. Be, I think like let me go on record by saying that I do believe he killed him. He he killed himself. The only the thing, circumstances might be questionable. The circumstances but, are questionable, but he was wildly unhappy. You could see it in the photographs. He's 27. He looks like shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing a lot of heroin. Um, the, 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 some people claim online, like, well, he had so much heroin in his system. How could he possibly have pulled the trigger? Like, he was a junkie, you know? And when you're, when you're a junkie, your tolerance is way up. And you can't really measure tolerance, per se, you know? There's no scale that I can give you, but, like, how much... Beers. Can you how much dope beer? is too much dope? How much dope you? is too much dope? Exactly. Um, do I believe that maybe he shot himself in the head and then somebody was like, oh shit, we got to make it look. And then like somebody injected him with stuff. Maybe that's a possible right. scenario. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like people, they, they listen to like what the news is telling them. And like, I've always, like, I've never been public about it on status updates with Facebook about like, you should look, you know, but I read a lot because I want people to like, you know, see the truth. But I realize in my old age, that people don't want to know the truth no more. Well, and, and reading, you know? reading is also the definition of reading a lot has changed now because I I think I read a lot too, but mm-hmm. I read it on my phone and I'm reading Scroll. like and I'm reading like I follow this guy online for political stuff who keeps it pretty pretty like real as far as like what his thing is. His mm-hmm. name is Seth Abramson, and uh, he's a lawyer. Uh, he's also a, a law professor. 
out of some school in New Hampshire. And, you know, he makes he yeah, he makes no bones about it. Like he's not a Trump fan, but like he he just puts out the facts and it's just factual stuff. And like, is it left leaning? Yeah, I suppose, because he's not a huge fan uh, fan of Trump. But uh, he that's the type of information I feel like I quantify and I say, okay, I can trust this. Like when it's bad news, he reports the bad news. When it's good news, he reports the good news. It's like... I'm about to follow him on Twitter. Yeah, it's not bad. You know, he gets a lot of shit because, again, he doesn't like... Okay, Google, stop. Um, yeah, I like finding, like, new news new sources of, like, uh, news. And, like, I mean, Twitter's great, but it's also, too, it's like this, this scroll, like what you were talking about. You're not experiencing the news... I, I, I watch the newspaper news, different. I watch the news on TV and I scroll on my phone, like w- looking at news stuff on the phone because I try to make I try to make a connection between like what we're being fed and what's out there. And mm. then somewhere in the middle is like the truth, right? So it's like we have access to enough information that we can make up our own minds. Like there's motherfuckers out there that think the Earth is flat. You know, I just told Google to stop. I had an alarm on there at Google a couple of weeks ago. Because of the uploads of that, were it just feeds off of what people are uploading to the internet. Google was saying that the Earth was flat. It was like a hack. I mean, <sighs> exasperation. I know it's it's hard to understand like how we're just like a float. So what? We're just a floating plate with mashed potatoes on it, like floating through the Earth. You know the, the way that I would like to think about it, and like I guess at the end of like the summer, right before I went back to work. When I had a lot of time with my son to like experience things and to read things and to hear that things, time. I you know I I had avoided spirituality for a long time. Like I you know I was raised Catholic Christian and I really I just couldn't identify with it no more. And I started thinking more about like who we are and like uh, I heard it on a podcast. I heard it on Seth Rogan's uh, podcast or excuse me Joe Rogan's podcast. He says that the Earth is a living organism and we are just the bacteria that spawned from it. And we it's the Earth that's alive. It's right. not us. Right. You know, it's a very like, egocentric way of looking at like to think it's us and not the yeah earth. yeah it's the earth it's and we're destroying it and like we're we're, and we're destroying know, like, the organisms that have been here way before way we before were, all of them yeah and like we are the bacteria that is growing out yeah. from it we're you the know cancer. and like people would we're ne- the cancer we're that's the cancer what, and yeah. that's what that's what a lot of people say and like mm-hmm. it is it is concerning when I meet someone that is believe you know that doesn't leave room for negotiation yeah where it's just like this is the way it is and you can't tell me any different yeah. because as as much as i believe what i believe i'm open to discussion i'm yeah. open to like negotiate and like if at the end of our conversation i still believe what i believe yeah, at least home. we had yeah at least we had yeah. the opportunity I'm to still set it believe out. it yeah right but to be like fuck you that you know for know. flat earth people like just show me some shit yeah. That makes me believe it. Like, the 40 years I've been on this earth, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, maybe I've been fed some fault, fault, mm-hmm. false information. I don't know, but... Yeah, I... I, 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 I would, I'd like to talk to somebody that's, like, a flat earth, like, believer. And see, that's just the thing. There's lots of people like to take away what you believe. And it's not just with the religion. Like, say, for instance, I like... Uh, I tell somebody I like um, St. Vincent. Somebody's like, oh, I can't stand her music. Right. You just took... A part of me. You're not leaving any room for discussion. Yeah. And like people will do that daily. They'll or, do it yeah, in their cars. They'll other, do it. There's on other their ways internets. to say that. I'm not a fan of St. Vincent. I find I, her, I, I, I find I it to be like if you mean you had that conversation. It's not my right. It's a little bit <laughs> you know, wagey for me or whatever it is. Like, but you know, what I'm saying like people just do that all the time, and it's just like with religion though, it's always going to be at the top, and the people are so like. Yeah, but people have been fighting I, about religion. People may get you know. I'll go out and say it right now, but I mean. 
people have been fighting about religion since the since the I day, know. day and one. That's the thing. They're not looking up. This is our religion is Earth. You know, mm-hmm. like where did that come from? We are the spawn of it. But like I was watching Carson Wentz's video the other day. He posted it up on Facebook. He heard his ACL. Oh, he puts all of his faith in, in Jesus. Jesus Christ. And like, look, I get that. But when I see stuff like that. I feel like Jesus could have just held his knee together it, 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 as he was going over the line. See, I just don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, people are so, like, you know, like Jim Carrey, actually, go back to Jim and Andy. He's talking about free will, and he says, I'm thirsty. I'm going to pick up the cup. Is that free will? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't go too far into it because I don't want to know. I want to be able to accept all walks of life. Well, that's kind of why I was drawn to Buddhism, and like, not that mm-hmm. I would never say that I'm a Buddhist because I'm not. I'm not a practicing anything. I've got the statue pra- in my room not, over there. I'm, I, a, I'm not a Buddhist, but I believe in it. But you I'm know, a like, practicing yeah. human being, and I find that tenets of Buddhism are the most easily digestible in terms yeah. of like, be a good human to others, yeah. and that shit will come back to you. Yeah, karma, you know, and it's very hard for people to get that. But I've been the recipient of good and bad karma in my life. I've certainly been a shitty human being at, at certain points, you know, in my teenage years, and, you know, you were around for a lot of those, you know, and from insecurity mm-hmm. and just like, you know, trying to be cooler than I actually was and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and karma has definitely come back and bitten me in the ass, you know. I, Same. I broke yeah. my face in Thailand mm-hmm. and... That was the these, these look good, though, by the way. Thanks. They're yeah. new, right? Yeah, they're like ten grand. I'm like ten grand into these bad are they, boys. Are they um, implants? Uh, uh, they didn't take like they're um, they're crowns. Oh, okay. So this is a crown right here, but eventually I'm gonna have to get a um, so implant. They're the uh, they're these are the temporaries. We both lost our teeth there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. But that's that's what I mean. Like I think that karma is you know if you can believe in. Putting out good energy, good energy will come back. If you and again the manifest, doubt, the manifestation thing. Like if you believe, like Jim did, and like you know Conor McGregor does, and like a lot of people that talk about this. Like if you believe in your heart that it, you belong somewhere and you're putting in the work to get there, you you're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. Yeah. If if yeah. you have doubt, if you're a weepy human being and you have doubt and you create you, you create obstacles it. for mm-hmm. yourself because you're afraid of what's possible, and I think. That you is have the to go fear, out on but the that's that's the fear. It's the limb. It's the ledge. It's like people yeah. see the ledge and they've seen other people walk up to it and fall off and be. You I'm know, not going there. Yeah, and be like, mm-hmm. I'm staying right here in my cubicle. I love this little cubicle. This mm-hmm. is for me. I'm gonna be here for 30 years and I'm gonna get it. The days of working for a company for 30 years and getting a pension and getting <laughs> retirement—that's fucking ancient. History. I think I would be so miserable to work somewhere for thirty years. I've think about our a, teachers when we were. Think about the years. teachers that we 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 had in high school, like the old ones. I remember, I forget which one it was, but there was like mm-hmm. a teacher who was like super old when I was there, and he used to carry liquor bottles in his bag. They would like clink. Yeah. Even teachers, I like reading, you know, hearing about yeah. Even teachers, like even after thirty years of teaching, you they do anything for thirty yeah. years, you just you're just building more retirement. You're just building like more money in your retirement fund. But really, and for what though? To some stop, people to stop working to some start people living? some people are passionate about it and do it but i i believe that those people are few and far between you know i know some excellent teachers and i know some people that are teachers like i was a mm. magazine guy or a mm-hmm. consultant it was something that i was good at that i did at the time that i don't mm. want to do forever I think that's another thing, too. Like, we were talking about, like, numbers and stuff like that or, like, ages. I, f- I feel as if people, like, give up on their dreams because they feel as if they're not young enough. Um, I read this story about a um, – his name is Mark Bernardin, and uh, he was um, a journalist from New Jersey who moved out to Los Angeles when he was 41 
Um, he's now 45 years old. He's highly successful. He writes for several TV shows. He had a job for The Hollywood Reporter. He's the co-host of Kevin Smith's podcast. And he said on that podcast, he said, age is just a... It's just something you've made up, you know? Your dreams don't have to be put on hold for anything, really, you know? I have a friend, um, uh, Kevin, uh, who's on the um, podcast quite a bit. He's like, you know, I, want, I, I was like, well, if you want to do anything right now, what would you do? He's like, I want to act. And I was like, well, what's stopping you? Right. Look, it's very hard. A lot of people think, you know, like out there, like I'll, I'll never make it out there in Hollywood. I mean, I can tell you right now, I lived there for quite a bit of time. If you're from the East Coast and you want to make a change, go head out there. People are a different way out there, and you can go out there and succeed because you're so different. That's the wind. Yeah. Um, doesn't you don't have to go to California? Say, for instance, you want to go to New York City and you want to be a taxi cab driver. Hell, drive up there, make the trip, stop doing stuff. If you have a kid, take the kids with you. Mark took his kids. Matter of fact, um, another friend of mine, Mark, um, I can't remember his last name, but he went out there with his kids. He's trying to make the dream. If you're making the dream happen, at least you're trying, you know, and at least you're living, you know, and like, I feel as if a lot of people think like, you know, well, I deserve this. Well, who the hell, who, who's supposed to give it to you? Well, that's entitlement, though. Entitlement like, sucks. There's What's... a lot of people, bro, there's a lot of people that grow up with, you know, feeling like they should, they're entitled to this, that, and the other thing. People grow up thinking that they're owed something. I don't know. I felt like I was stealing everything. Like yeah. nobody owed me shit. Like I knew that yeah. everything I got, I probably was. And that 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 kind of goes back to what I was saying about some of my like professional stuff. Is that like I don't necessarily think I earned it or like you know yeah. deserve to be there. I just found myself there through interesting social situations but you know when i was a kid it was like if i found myself on the winning team it wasn't because i was the best player it's because like my friend was on the winning team Mm -hmm. and he didn't feel like picking me last so you know at least you had trophies now they don't give trophies they give participation trophies which is like i won mm -hmm. championships in baseball when i was a kid not because i was good at baseball because the kids around me were good at baseball you know it's like Football is the same thing. Any sport I, I ever thing, played. Say, like I was around good musicians in downtown Harvest that allowed us to get to the places we went. But I do believe, though, that we got to the places we went because of my drive. There you go. My, my, um, and you probably didn't get to the places that you wanted to go to, not because of what you put or put I, I, into you know it or was, didn't to be honest, it. To be quite frank, uh, it was because my dream wasn't as fulfilled as the others' dreams. Uh-huh. They didn't. They didn't see themselves as that. That's the thing about bands, right? You should, bands. You know, that's why people are... Well, I'm in two now. Right. I'm in two, well, I mean, the one band I'm in, Judah Kim and the Assassination, like, the one thing about Judah I can say here on the podcast is that he has such ambition, such drive, because he's been trying for so long. And, you know, his new batch of songs that we got coming out, this new record we just recorded, I think it's some of the finest stuff I've ever recorded on. That's but great. it's nice to be around people who are creative and they don't... Like, when you're creative, like, you know, it's very hard to, like, take uh, criticism and stuff like that. But, like, even when people are trying to, like, bat you down, you still keep going. You still try that trajectory that we're mm-hmm. talking about, you know? And it feels as if a lot of people give up, you know? And, like, it doesn't have to be you're creative. Maybe, like, you know, you're you're or, somebody who's an accountant who's, like, never taken, like, a weekend. Well, right. I'll take a, well yeah. but, but I, there's people that have never missed a day of work. There's people that are so driven to, mm-hmm. you know... Check off all the boxes, man. Yeah. I, I just what happens when you finish the list, though. I don't know. I never. I didn't even get, get through the list. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Know. Like you go, you talk about like age and, and this like this like preconceived notion that we have for like when you get older. I never saw really past thirty five, and I don't mean that in some like weird dark like 
you know Cobainish like, way. No, I just meant like thirty five when I was a kid was the ultimate adulthood. It yeah. was like they're like forty was like old, but yeah. like thirty five was like prime adulthood. And I'll tell you what, thirty five was fun and it was a good time, but like I feel like I'm just now getting into a zone where I'm 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 I've been able to do a lot of things in my life mm-hmm. to this point. I may not have all the stuff to show for it, mm-hmm. you know, I may not have the family or the kids or the house or whatever, but I'm rich with experience mm-hmm. and I th- feel like I've done enough in my life now that it's time for me to focus on this project and I'm going to put all my energy into making this successful because I've been able to go spend time in Southeast Asia and live in different countries and travel extensively and have these crazy jobs and chase ambition. Now it's to build a comfortable existence, not be greedy, mm-hmm. help people, you know, get into fitness or whatever, but, uh, make people feel good about themselves. Yeah. It's all a trip. Altruism. Really. It's all a trip. It's like, all about it, altruism. It, really. I, I find that if the more you give out and expect nothing, you know, I, I've said it before. I mean, if you're able to accept this one thing, you'll become a better person. I, I tell Jeremy, uh, tomorrow morning you're going to wake up. And I'm going to tell, say to you, uh, you have the power to change the world. You're going to go out there and you're going to do it. And, Raymond and, Raymond S. Kessel from Fight Club, right? Remember the, yeah. the scene where tomorrow you're gonna tomorrow yeah. Raymond's gonna wake up and have the best day of his, his life because he's gonna alive, go out there. Right? But tomorrow, like you change the world, but the only prerequisite is that you can't take credit for it. Well, right, and that's the you know that's hard for people because like it's hard that's for like, me too. That's like, like, like an don- that's like making a donation and, and posting exactly. it on, on the internet. Yeah, or, I just or, contribute to five hundred dollars to Salvation Army. Please, or I gave a homeless like guy, it. or I gave a homeless guy a dollar today. I, I yeah. see those all the time, and and. That's not the true form of like what the earth really wants you to give back. Things are changing, man. People even, or I feel like people even pick their destinations for their vacations because they think about like what, how many likes they're going to get for the pictures that they're going to post. Yeah, it's really bizarre. It is. It's a weird it, thing. It's man. a bizarre world that we live in. It you is. know, and it's so weird too that. And I'm, and I'm guilty of that, man. I go to a cool place. You know, if I go on vacation. Check in. Well, no. If mm. I go on vacation, you know because my social media game jumps up because I'm excited and I'm taking pictures yeah. and I want to share with my friends. I want but people to know. It could be construed as like, you know, flossing like, you know, Mr. Mr. Vacation Guy posting yeah. more pictures of his vacation <laughs> He's while out I'm again. stuck in my cubicle or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know. As we wrap up this bod podcast, um, I, I guess like really, I mean, I, I de- definitely set out before we start recording this today. I was thinking, well, I haven't done a spiritual type, you know, type of podcast in a while where you really dig into like what it is to be a human, what it is to have an existence, what it is to have a career, what it is to have a life trajectory. So, I appreciate you coming on the show and doing that because Love it. I know that you are that way, you know, and I know that like you, your life force is a lot different than the other people out there who seem to be contrived so like i guess the the message would be is to you know if you want to experience something go and experience it if you want to go to thailand and you want to become a boxer fuck get on the plane and go at the same time if you are if that isn't for you that's okay too man because you know the the choices that i've made or the choices that we've made um aren't for everybody no they're not and i wouldn't you know suggest walking into you know life-changing decisions lightly they're you know do what feels right and if it feels wrong while you're doing it yeah. then you should you're probably doing the wrong thing you know it's it's we all know yeah. when we're being mm-hmm. forced to do something mm-hmm. or doing something that we hate and we know it and the reasons why we're doing it are the wrong reasons you but you continue yeah. to do it mm-hmm. and you continue and then you can't get out because then you got this and that and the yeah. other thing weighing over you you know um i i uh i just 
strive to uh, continue on the journey mm -hmm. and uh, make the best of it. That's all we can do. That's it. My name's Bob. This has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast.